Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. We'd love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. Good morning, everyone. Glad that you joined us this morning. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, Happy Valentine's Day. Love, it's a many splendid thing, isn't it? Yeah. Why don't we pray before we come to the Word. Father, we want to thank you for your Word. We know it is truth and we pray this morning that by your Word, we would take it and make it active in our life and be everything that you've called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said... Amen. Wow. Valentine's Day. Uh, and well done, Randall. Loving your wife every day and not making one day the special day. I'm the same as you. Because every day is a day of joy with me. Okay. I don't know if you know, but I will tell you so that you know, how did Valentine's Day come about? Just a little bit of history. I think it's important at times that we understand why we celebrate these things. And quite often there there is a spiritual meaning to it. There's something that's really attached to it. So Valentine's Day is named after a bishop, Bishop Valentine. And he lived around 250 to 270 AD. And what had happened was, in that time, the Roman power was starting to disintegrate. They were losing their influence uh, in their regions, they had, you know, spread out. And so Claudius II made an edict that all of his soldiers were not to get married anymore. Because he felt that if they got married, then it would be too much of a distraction when they were out fighting, fighting the wars and they wouldn't have to think about their wives. But I kind of like thought about that and I thought, wouldn't it be better to fight and win, to come back? To your wife? Okay, no one's saying anything there, fair enough. So he said, no more marriage. But Valentine thought this was outrageous and he knew the importance of a relationship, of love. And so he secretly married these couples. And as all things happen, is that you can't keep a secret forever. And Claudius found out. Now, uh, just before he grabbed him, Valentine had a fiancée who was blind and he actually prayed for her and she received her sight and they were due to be married. But he was so kind of like overwhelmed about making sure that other people got married, he ran out of time, Claudius captured him, threw him in prison and on the 14th of February, uh, he was actually executed. AD 270. Now, before he was executed, he wrote a note to his fiancée, and this is what it says, remember your Valentine. And then he died. End of story. Isn't that wonderful? So now you know why, you know, we're celebrating that, because someone who was willing to sacrifice and make sure that other people experience the wonder of love, pay that price. Incredible. A little bit of connection there. 
So this morning we're going to talk about love. We're leaving our series in John and we're going to go to love. And love is found in the Bible to be one of the three things that will remain. Does anyone know what the other two is? Now there abides or there remains faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. So my question for you this morning is how important is love? It's kind of like vital. How important is it to be love and to love? How important is it to be love and to love? So when you are loved, what actually happens is it affirms your worth. When you're loved, your, your worth is kind of like understood. Oh, someone loves me, therefore, hey, I have worth. That is why John 3.16 is such a powerful verse for people to remember. Because it says, For God so loved the world that He sent His only one, one and only Son that whosoever believeth in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. So we see there that God sees you as a person of worth. He loves you. We are loved by God. And He loves us so much that He sent His Son to die for us upon the cross, to pay the penalty of sin so that we could come back in a relationship with God. So regardless of what anyone says to you, you have worth. God affirms that by sending His Son, Jesus, to you. Every now and then, Pastor Pavey says to me, I love you, and I say, I love me too. And then she says, I know. And then I say, I love you too. I love you so much, I would give you everything that I own. I would even give you my golf clubs. I would give you my car. I say, I would give you my last dollar. And she says, I already have that. (laughs) Love is a many splendid thing. But why, why is it that when we say to someone, I love you, it is... It is to affirm that that person has worth. And of course, that's reciprocated, so the person knows that they also have worth. To be affirmed of our, uh, to be affirmed of our worth is, is just one of the wonderful things of life that we can experience. And when we are not loved, and we feel that we're not loved, then we kind of like feel a lot less than what we should be. And it's, it's vital for us to be loved. They did an experiment many, many years ago where in an orphanage, they had a dozen babies in this maternity ward and psychologists, the psychiatrist said to them, you can clean the baby, you can uh, you know, feed the baby, you can make sure the baby's warm, but you must not hold the baby and tell them that they are loved. And they found that every baby died because they didn't have that nurture. They weren't affirmed as a human being. They weren't loved. And we can feel that we are not loved. But the truth is, you are loved. You are loved by God because you have worth. You see, you are created in His image. That's so important. That's why being loved is so crucial for us. 
And when you love someone else, what happens to you? When you take the action of love and put it, when you love someone, you find the highest way to live life. The highest way. You are revealing the nature and the character of God when you love someone else. See, in the beginning, it said, God said, let us make mankind in our image to be like us. That's found in Genesis. To be like us. And that's not our form, because God is a spirit, but to be like Him is to be like Him in nature and character. John 1.4.8 tells us, God is love. And because God is love, that's who He intrinsically is, when He created us, He wanted us to be like Him and to love. So the highest way for us to live is to live out of the expression of love. And we know that 1 Corinthians tells us what love is. It's patient, it's kind, it's not rude, it doesn't boast, it is not envious. You know, all those things, they're all the little expressions of facet that we can show love. So when we love, we become like God. We are not God. When we, we begin to show the original purpose for why we were created. It wasn't to have fellowship just with God, but it was that we would be able to love one another and to love God. And therefore, when we love, we show the highest way to live life. And that's the purpose for which you were made in the image of God, created in the image of God. And when you love other people, that expression of who God is comes out. How important is it to love? To love means that we, to be loved means that we are affirmed of worth and when we love someone else or other people, then we are showing the nature and the character of God and we are fulfilling our destiny and our purpose. I often have people say to me, I don't know what my purpose is in life. How do I find fulfillment in life? Well, here's the answer, love. Love someone. Love each other. All through scriptures, we are encouraged to love because God is love. However, we don't always treat love as the highest importance. We don't think it's primary. Love should be the expression that we have every day of our life. And the thing is this, love is hotly contested with one thing that we have to kind of like realize is going to try and, you know, like kind of smother love and stop love. And that one thing goes back to the fall of mankind. And that one thing is this, knowledge. Knowledge is the thing that holds us back from loving because we start to rationalize what we should do for someone or to speak to someone or to help someone. When Adam and Eve fell in temptation, this is what happened in Genesis 3.3. 3. It says, the devil said to, to Eve and to Adam, who was probably hanging out at the back, says, for God knows that in that day that you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be, listen to this, like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. Well, hang on. The devil is saying, if you eat of this, you will be like God. 
but God already created them to be like him. So he comes and lies. <gasps> Shock horror. The devil is a liar. You see what he does? You see what he does? He tries to trick you to, so that you go, well, maybe there is something I should know about this deal of life. No, you're already created in the image of God to love. Uh-huh. Then you will be like God. The devil lied. Knowledge was the downfall. It was, it was the instrument that got us away from God. Do you know what makes us feel important? You know, really makes us feel important. Knowledge that makes us feel important. Knowledge is not a bad thing. I'm for, I'm 100% not for knowledge. I am continually learning. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stretching myself. Ignorance is no excuse. But if my primary purpose in life is to find fulfillment in knowledge, then wow, it's way back there. The primary focus and purpose for you is to love one another and to love each other. This is what the scripture says, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. While knowledge makes us feel important, do you see that? It makes us feel important. It is love that strengthens the church. In the NIV, it says, uh, knowledge puffs up, love edifies, or love encourages, it builds you up. But knowledge puffs us up. And you know what? That, that word in the original language, puff up, all right? Have you ever seen someone who's puffed up? It's pride. What did the devil fall? What did, why did he fall? Because of pride. He's, 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 he's trying to get us to be prideful. Oh, well, I'll know just as much as God. Therefore, if I know as much as God, then I will be God. Because pride puffs up. What caused Satan downfall? Pride. You see, what he wants to do, the devil, he wants to take the nature and the character of God that is in you and replace it with what is the nature and the character of him, which is pride, which is knowledge. It's manifest in knowledge. Why, would, why does he do that? Because simply he hates mankind. Do you know why he hates mankind? Because we are made in the image of God and we are like God. We are to be like God in character and nature and to express love. Knowledge makes me feel important. I think knowledge is a distant fifth in life. I think love is supreme. I think there's faith, then there's hope, then there's wisdom, and then there may be knowledge. So knowledge is not that important, but it's important. I don't want anyone to be without knowing what to do in life. But let me tell you, love is supreme. That's what builds us up. That's what makes us who we're supposed to be. Knowledge is good, but love edifies. Not everyone wants to know everything that you know. You might know someone who knows it all, but they're not too interested in knowledge. They are more interested in being loved. 
That's the reality. Because love is greater than knowledge. I'm going to give some men some advice here. Some husbands. So please listen very carefully. And wives, listen. And you can affirm if what I'm saying is true. Okay? So ladies, this is for you. Can you say amen? Okay, here we go. Husbands, boyfriends, if you're engaged, fantastic. Listen. When your wife, your partner comes to you and talks to you and she has a problem about someone or something or you, she does not want to have the knowledge to fix it. (laughs) What she wants you to do is to love her and to affirm that you are listening. And all the women said, Amen. I've tried it for 38 years. It's not, it's not working for me. So I've got to change it. Look, if you do this, and then that'll happen, and then that'll happen, and that'll fix the problem. That's not the problem. The problem is she just wants to be affirmed, which means she wants to be loved. She's not interested in what I know. She just wants to be loved because love is supreme. Perhaps, I had this revelation, perhaps if I love her and she knows that I love her, then perhaps she will want to know what I know. But she needs to know that I love her first. Have you got that? All right. So always remember, when there's a problem, just sit there and listen with your eyes and your ears and go, yep. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm with you. And then if she asks, then you can say. But if she doesn't ask, that's cool too. Because love is supreme. But we feel so important. You know? That's what the scripture says. I think that says, while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that builds us up and edifies us. So if you're with someone, love them, listen to them. So, what is important? What is really important? What, what's important? This is what the scripture tells us, what is important. Galatians 5, 6. What is important is faith expressing itself through love. What is important for us, is faith expressing itself through love. That's how we're to live. The scripture reveals that faith is the one thing that of the three that remain, but it needs to be expressed through love. Your faith in the things that you do, that you live for God, it has to go through the veil or the conduit of love if you really want to be a person of faith. Let everything that you do by faith, make sure it goes by love. Because that way, when you are doing something by faith, the motive of love should always be what? Pure. Love is always pure. You know when you are loved and when you are not loved. You ever walked into your workplace and everyone stops talking? I don't feel any love there. There's something going on and it's not love. It's like, what's going on? I don't feel the love. I I don't feel the love. That's because there is no love. 
But if you walk into your workplace and everyone goes, Hey, you guys, good to see you. This is wonderful. Oh, we've been waiting for you to come. That's love. Because love embraces. Without love, it's rejecting. So by faith, when we love, it has to go through love. Every action of faith that I have. So if I am, if, if I am a pastor of a church and I care for you, and I'm believing for you, and I, I really would like you to be part of something and do something, it should come through, if I'm believing for it, the motive of love. The, the, the important thing is that faith is expressed through love. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as what? Righteousness. That's what the scripture tells us. And so Abraham has a son and he is born in his old age. He's a hundred years old. And then one day God asks him to go and sacrifice his son. And so he sets off and he does it by faith through love for God. And when he goes to sacrifice him and the angel of the Lord says, stop, the word comes I know that you fear me because you are willing to sacrifice your son. That word fear is reverence me. That's to honor. It is to love. He loved God first, primarily, before he loved his son because that's the order in which we are to live. That does not mean that he loves his son any less. What it means is that he understands that God is God and God can do anything. Because he supposed in his mind that God would resurrect him from the dead. So our motive must always be of faith through love. And by doing that, we change things, folks. Can you imagine before you started to do something, either share for someone to the, the gospel and you did it out of love rather than out of guilt or out of embarrassment, or because the pastor told me to do it, and I don't really want to do it, but I know I should do it, but I'll do it anyway. How is that received from the other person? There's no substance to it. Love has substance. So when we love, we are to love. You see, it's not we love by faith. Faith must come through love and break through. And when we walk like that, People know. They know that they are truly loved. They're truly affirmed that they have worth. If someone was to do something for you and you thought, man, they're, they're doing it for me, but they really don't love me. You know, that's kind of like, uh, mm, just, you know, it just doesn't feel comfortable. But if you do it by love, being patient, being kind, being, you know, long-suffering, whole different motive. You'll receive that and it is a blessing to you. So, what we think important is knowledge, but knowledge, it puffs us up, it makes us prideful, it helps us to take on the nature of the enemy, but, you know, love, it builds up, it edifies, it encourages, and what we think uh, is, is right is wrong, therefore we must always work through the motive of love, and that is the key to life, that the only, the, the most, the, the, the important thing is to express faith through love. But there's one more thing that's important. 
And it's actually the scripture says, what is the most important? And that's found in, uh, oh, hang on. Before we get there, let me tell you a little story. It might help us to understand. What is the most important thing the scripture tells us? It's Valentine's Day. This couple are getting married on Valentine's Day. Oh, so sweet. Valentine's a day of love. They're getting married on Valentine's Day. That's wonderful. He wakes up really early in the morning. He's so excited. He's just can't wait to be married. One hour before the wedding ceremony, he decides to ring his bride-to-be. Ring, 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 ring. Hi, this is Sandy. Please leave a message after the beeps. Well, something's, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. Rings again. And all of a sudden, Sandy answers the phone. Hello? And he goes, are you awake? No, I've just woken up. He says, an hour before we get married. You've got to get ready. She goes, oh, oh, oh okay, sorry. Oh, oh. And he thinks to himself, small flaw. Small flaw. Anyway, Sandy gets ready. But it takes her two hours to get ready. So he's waiting in the church for an hour. Ever been to a wedding like that? The bride is an hour late and you're starving, all right? So anyway, the doors open. He's standing, been standing there for an hour. She walks down and he thinks, small floor. Small floor, not important. Everybody's late sometime. It's okay, not a problem. She walks down the aisle and she is gorgeous. Beautiful white dress. Father walking her down the aisle. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful it is. Comes and the father hands over the bride to the bridegroom and he holds her hand and she goes, hi. And all of a sudden he goes, she says, oops, sorry, I forgot to brush this morning. And he thinks, oh, smells like a mouse died in her mouth. And he thinks, small floor, small floor. So they do the, the wedding ceremony. They get to the reception and, you know, they've been smiling all day. If you remember your wedding day, you're smiling all day. Your mouth hurts at the end of the day. Have the wedding reception, have beautiful dinner. One of the, uh, the best men gets up, tells a few jokes, and all of a sudden he hears something he had never heard before. Her laugh. He thinks she sounds like a hyena. Oh my goodness. Small floor, small floor. So anyway, they get ready to go to the hotel, to the honeymoon suite, and they off they go. But she says goodbye to everyone. And she goes this kisses, kisses, kisses. And he goes, I've never noticed that before. Small floor, small floor. Get in the car, go to the hotel, go up to the bridal suite, sit down. He grabs her by the hand and sits her down on the bed and says, Listen, I've just noticed a few 
small flaws. Would it be all right if I could just share them with you? Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> and she goes with those beautiful brown eyes, looking deeply into his soul. And this girl is smarter than a Series 8 Apple Watch. All right? No, it's a Series 6, but this girl is ahead of the game. That's what I'm saying. Okay, she's ahead of the game. And she goes, well, of course. That's probably the reason why I didn't get a better husband. So he says, you are the most perfect woman in the world. This is what is the most important thing. Look what Scripture says. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Now, we need to understand this in its correct context. All right, I see a newlywed couple there talking to each other, obviously shared their small flaws. That's good. Listen very carefully. We never cover up sin. If a person reveals that to you, you acknowledge that. All right? We, we don't try to mislead others. We don't condone sin at all. The thing is, if someone comes to you and shares something with you that is an issue or sin, they trust you. They trust you to keep that to themselves. 100%. Here's the thing. It's not your sin. It's their sin. They should deal with the sin. And they may need instruction. They, they may need to know that they need to repent and ask for forgiveness from God, from the person that's been that's sinned against. They may even have to pay restitution. Might even have to go to the police to tell what's gone on. But you know... When it says to cover up, it means that you keep that to yourself if they've spoken to you. It's not your sin to confess to other people. It's their sin. If we, if we truly love each other, we will always speak the highest of each other because simply sharing another person's sin is just gossip. And if someone says to you, hey, there's a problem with Alex, this is what's happened. Can you pray with me about his problem? That's sin in itself because it's gossip. If we love each other, we're going to believe the best and we're going to walk at a higher level. We don't condone sin. You know, it's, it's not all right. But if someone comes to you, you shut that thing down and say, hey, that's for them to get on. And you keep that to yourself. That's what love does. It believes the best. It is patient. It, it is kind. It is long-suffering. The most important thing is that we love each other through faith, uh, by faith, through love. And when we do that, we truly do display the nature and the character of God. Do you want to be a person of love? then we are to love 
deeply. Love deeply. How many of us have ever done something wrong that we wouldn't want someone else to know? Oh, yeah, get in line. Let's show that love. Let's believe that. You see, what makes us feel important is knowledge. It's not primary. Love builds up. What's important is faith expressing itself through love. And what is most important is to show, continue to show deep love for one another. And that's what love is about. I want you to stand with me this morning. Uh, ask the musicians if they would come. That would be great. Thank you, Paul. And I want you to make a fresh commitment to love this morning. To love one another. Let us love one another because love is from God. He that loveth not, you don't know God. But if we love God, we truly display the wonderful nature and character of God. And that's what everyone wants to experience. Love, true love, pure love. Why don't we pray this morning? Why don't you close your eyes? And as we do, if you need to put something right with God, then you put it right with God. And say, God, I love you. And I am going to love other people just as you love. I'm going to express my faith through love. I want to live at that high, high level. I want to live at the primary purpose for which I've been created is to love one another. Do you know, I, I just find this fascinating that most, the most popular subject of songs in the world is love. Love. Why? Because people want to experience love, real love. Let us be people of love that genuinely love by faith. Amen. Father God, this morning, we want to give you thanks. And I pray, oh God, that we would truly be people of love. People that would love from a deep love from their heart with pure motives. Lord, we want to express faith. We want to walk by faith and not by sight. But we want to do that through love and always love. And I pray, God, for, for people this morning, if they don't feel love, that you would give them that overwhelming sense that they are loved in Christ Jesus and that we love them, oh God. Lord, because you give us worth, because we are created in the image of Jesus. We're created in your image. And so, God, we find fulfillment in being people who love one another. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never asked him to come into your life, maybe you've never experienced that pure love, then you can experience that love now. Those that are here this morning and those online, if you don't know that you are loved, let me tell you, you are loved by God because He sent His Son to die for you on the cross and to pay the price that you could come into a relationship with God. And to reconnect that, just ask Jesus to come into your life, to be the Lord of your life. And you'll experience that great love. 
Let's just pray that this morning. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I come to you this morning and I ask you to come and live in my life. Forgive me for my sin. Cleanse me. Make me whole. I want to know that love, that perfect love that you gave for me. I receive you by faith now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I pray you have a great day, a day of being loved and loving and displaying the nature and the character of God. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.